0: The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. It is time for Streetwise with former chief of the New York City Sheriff's Department, former chief of the Seagate Police Department, retired New York City detective, Time Warner Public Access Media Award, Joe Franklin Super Excellence in Broadcasting Memory Lane Award, New York Veteran Police Association Streetwise Productions, host of Streetwise, Mr. Lou Torano.
1: Uh, Good evening and welcome back to Streetwise. Today, my guest, let me tell you something interesting. You probably read about him recently. Uh, You might know about him from way back, but uh, he's got some good recent exposure, which he truly deserves. He is retired now. He's the uh, highest decorated and legendary detective in New York City Police Department history. He's an author of a best-selling book, Street Warrior got to buy this book, let me tell you something, it's the real deal, and great TV series on the Discovery Channel, Street Justice, we're going to talk about his upcoming movie as well, Uh, it's my pleasure to welcome to Streetwise, Ralph Friedman, Ralph, welcome to Streetwise.
2: Thank you very much, Lou, an honor to be here, thank You,
1: you. You know, Uh, We're talking about, in your time, South Bronx, uh, talking about Fort Apache, and we're pretty much talking about the 70s. Wow. Uh, uh, It's history, pretty much, and you were part of it. And let's talk about, first of all, uh, why and uh, when did you decide to become a New York City police officer?
2: Well, i really, I'd be truthful, I never really thought of becoming a police officer, and I had no... uh family or friends or acquaintances that were police officers, I was out with a few friends on a Friday night, and uh, we were you know, going back home, and we were splitting up, and I just happened to say to them, what are you doing tomorrow? And uh, they said, two of them said they're taking the police exam, and in mm-hmm. those years, it was a walk-in. You didn't have to file or register or pay a fee or anything. You could just walk in when they were giving a test and uh, take it on a Saturday morning. And uh, I said to them, well, knock on my door, if I'm up, I'll go, (laughs) because at the time, I was doing very well, I was, uh, I didn't want to go to college or anything, and I was 1A when I got out of, uh, for the draft, when Mm. I got out of high school, but my father got me a job with uh, a moving company, Neptune Worldwide Movers, Mm. and it was like a muscle job, but uh, I was into lifting weights for hours each day, and uh, then going to work and lifting, it was you know was a plus, you know. Yes. And uh, I was making great money at the time. I was making four dollars and fifty cents an hour, <laughs> and the rest of New York or the country was making a dollar fifteen an hour, wow. Uh you know, minimum wage, and that was great pay at the time. Plus, I only had to work eight hours a day to get overtime. After mm. that, it was overtime where everyone else had to work a forty-hour week. So if I only worked three or four days, I could still make a lot of overtime.
1: You know, I and it think, was a great job. Uh, you know, but I think then, cops were paying, were getting the salary at that time. I think it might have been five or six thousand dollars a year. Am I correct on that in the seventies, or maybe a little more? Uh, no, the sixties, you mean? Sixties. I'm going back to my time. The sixties, it was like five or six thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I came yeah.
2: on in '68 as a trainee.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And our pay was four thousand dollars a That's year. That's it. And mm-hmm. as a patrolman, when I got appointed. The pay was $9,600, and that was February of
1: 1970. Wow. So
2: once I took the test, then I started thinking about becoming a police officer because I thought it would be a a good career without a college education, which I know you need today. You need a certain amount of credit for each rank. But back then, uh, you didn't need that, and I just wanted to get out there and work and earn my own way. And uh, I taught the police department because I figured – Furniture lifting was good and moving, but I'd be lifting the same stove uh, on day one that I would mm. 20 years later. <laughs> so once true. I took the test, I was pretty excited about it because I thought it could lead to a good future, you know, and something exciting. And I wanted to work a job where I'd be in the street, you know. And uh, so I started looking forward to it, and they called me pretty quick. They called me like a year, like less than a year later. But I was too young. So I went into the trainee program. Which is where you wear gray uniforms because you're underage, and you work in the precinct doing non law enforcement duties. So I got like a, a good foundation of uh, police work from the inside. You know, I was doing filing, I was answering telephones, the switchboard, I was doing complaint reports, I was doing fingerprinting, because uh, the law came into effect for registering long arms in New York. Mm. You had to register your light, rifles and shotguns and I was taught how to fingerprint for that purpose. Hmm. So civilians were coming into the station house and registering their long arms, and I'd do the fingerprinting. Wow. We did a lot of stuff that uh, freed up the officers, and they sort of liked it because they didn't like doing those, those kind of things anyway. They wanted to be on the street patrolling because back then officers loved doing their job because the job encouraged police officers to do to go out there and do police work.
1: Amazing! What a difference. You know, they loved... Actually, which they don't do today, they loved walking a beat, which no no such thing today, you know?
2: Well, it was a good feeling, you know. You went out there, you took bad guys off the street, you protected the public, uh, you did stuff like that, and your bosses appreciated you, the politicians appreciated you. It's a different world today, you know. If you went out there like when I was there, we'd go out and we'd stop and frisk somebody and on a hunch and uh, or a gut feeling, and you came up with a gun, that was good police work.
1: Absolutely. Or if you
2: stop some people and they match the description of a robbery team, that was great police work. Today, you're violating people's rights and everybody wants to hang you.
1: And also, you're subject to being locked up yourself today's world. Yeah,
2: today mm-hmm. you can lose your job, you lose, lose your, your job, benefits, you lose your everything. pension, you lose your family's benefits. It's,
1: yep. Yep.
2: It's, it's dangerous from the inside out today. I mean... It yeah. really encourages police to tone it down and not be proactive, and that's not good.
3: Well, these men and women right. out
2: there today, they want to be cops. Yep. It's the department and the rules and the politicians and mayors and city councils that are holding them back from doing a good job that they're all capable of doing.
1: Well, you know, I'm going to say in our time, because I, I recall when I say you guys, you guys in the Grace, the cadets coming on and you work with us once in a while, we would sneak you out in the field. You know, and I was, yes. in the, I was in the task force, and I had a couple of, say, you guys, jump in the van with us, and they loved it, but as soon as they became... Yeah, that was like
2: the most exciting day of the year for I, us, when we got oh, to go out one day. E-
1: exactly, right, and then they loved it when we did the stop and frisk. We told them, now, like, you stay in the van, don't get out, just observe.
2: Right, you know? I remember that.
1: Yes, and and they loved it, and they couldn't wait till their 21st birthday so they could be sworn exactly. in.
2: Exactly, you were chomping at the bit, yes. but, you know, if you had six months or eight months Correct. or two years... I did two years to the day Whoa. as a trainee, and, man, every single day I, I couldn't – I was watching these officers coming in, and they had collars that were mm. outstanding, and I said, oh, man, one day I'm going to be like that, you know?
1: And you were. And really looked up to the and you police, did, you know? Well, you did. You know what's funny, what you just said? And then there came a time when – Forget about the the gray shirts. Cops looked up to you for what for what you did. So you were very fortunate because you were there, and so you had a head start. As opposed to today, kids come on the job, no background, no experience. They're not veterans. Although some of them are veterans from Afghanistan now, but there was a time when you work with somebody. Uh, believe it or not, I am going to say, World War Two vet. Korean vet Vietnam vet Gulf War vet It was a vet or It was a m- kind of military Now they're bringing kids on 21 years old y- You know That worked in, uh, And on top uh, of all
2: that They encourage them To yeah. do nothing
1: Yes You know Yes It's uh, You
2: know We were encouraged To go out there fight May crime
1: May Be a cop Yeah you know? I, I know, so... Now, you made some interesting and, and high-profile collars. Now, were you always up in the... Just For the sake of the audience, I pretty much know a lot about you, but let them hear me. Were you uh, pretty much always up in the Bronx, your whole career?
2: I was... My whole career was in the Bronx. I started out in the 4-1 precinct, which was known as Fort Apache, Right. which was the toughest area at the mm. time, probably in the country. I mean, in the country, and that might have been in the whole world. Yeah. But it was... a. Uh, there was no regard for human life there, and I went up there, and, uh, you know, they, they didn't train you. You went out in the street by yourself, but I saw officers up there that I looked up to and idolized, and right. ironically, later on, I became partners with some of them, right. and it was just... I tell you, my whole career has been very lucky. I've been extremely lucky. I've had incredibly great partners along the way, mm. you know, to name a few in the one. Well, first off, I had a captain that was out of this world. You know, he was probably the best boss to this day, Captain Tommy Walker, mm. and uh, he wrote the book Fort Apache that's still selling today. Great book, and he was the best boss that you could ever want.
1: That became you know? a movie. That became a movie. This book, yeah, yeah.
2: But uh, Captain Walker was the best captain that anybody could ever ask for. And then I, I was lucky enough. You know all the officers in the four one were like outstanding. I mean, right. was just and then I. Moved on to the anti-crime unit in the 4-1. And I had good bosses there and fantastic partners. I worked with uh, Bobby DeMattis, Eddie Fennell, uh, Billy uh, Billy Rath. I worked with Lester Rudnick. Uh, It was just incredible. These were the top of the top of the top because they had all great cops there to begin with. It was very close-knit back then, very tight. And uh, everybody had everybody's back, and everybody wanted to go out and do police work, and you were supported by your bosses
1: 100%. Your bosses were yeah. out in the street with you. you know, yeah, the bosses were out in the
2: street. Even Captain yep. Walk was out all the time. Right. You know, I made a very big call where he commanded the whole situation, mm. and it was a very big arrest where uh, two officers were being fired on by a Black Panther, and right. It was a 1013, which means the cop is in trouble, and hmm. officers responding from the whole division. You know, like three, four precincts responded, and he directed everybody. He pulled up on that scene and took command like General Patton.
3: Right. And
2: directed <laughs> hundreds of cops were responding, and he was in the street commanding how they should uh, surround the neighborhood, surround the two blocks, one block, buildings, alleyways, everything. Strategy. And I was. You know, you slide up to an alleyway where we happened to catch the guy. Yep. uh, Which was, he had two guns on him, uh, fought us tooth and nail, and we had to take him down, you know. But uh, he's a commander that's above the best commanders there are.
1: That's long gone. You know that. That's without saying. That's a whole completely different world.
2: uh, Yeah, and then later on I moved on when I made Detective in 1975. I went up to the five two precinct. That was the, the squad room up there, mm. assigned to the Bronx detectives out of the five two. And I worked with uh, a Roger Cortez, who was a veteran detective, and he taught me a lot of things and about detective work. And then I teamed up later on with a uh, detective uh, Tim Kennedy, and uh, he was fantastic. He was he was my best squad uh, partner wow. of all time. You know, I spent a lot of years working with him, and we made insane collars, you know. We would we used to do our detective paperwork, get in early and do it, and then right. go out and make pick up collars and follow <laughs> leads on our own stuff.
1: Absolutely. You had you had a free hand, pretty much. Now, 5-2, that's up Washington Heights, way uptown, right? West side?
2: Well, no. 5-0 it's, five, it's, five uh,
1: is Washington Heights. 5-2 is... Uh, well,
2: Washington Heights is the 3-4. Three, three th- that's up in Manhattan. Up in Manhattan. 5-0 oh. is Riverdale. Riverdale. 5-2 is like... Way up. Um, what? Yeah, it's Mishula Parkway, yeah. Webster Avenue. But when I got up there, they changed some boundaries, and we picked mm. up a lot of territory from the uh, 4-6, which is a very busy house. Yeah. You know, and uh, then we took the, a lot of their stuff, a lot of their territory, because so they changed the boundaries of the precincts. And so, uh, we picked up a lot of garbage from the 4-6 area.
1: So when and you want... uh,
2: it was a busy area. It was turning at the time when I got up there. And there was a lot of untouched area, and yeah. being that I had partners mm-hmm. like Roger Cortez and Timmy Kennedy, uh, we went out there and we found the crime that was uh, around.
1: Well, you could, you could find, listen, uh, I, I do, uh, you know, it's a lot of interviews we talked about, what you touched on before, the stop and frisk, you, you, you know, which it had to be your judgment today. it's It's turned around. You know, we need a warrant. You know, uh, the cops have business cards they give out today. They carry cameras today. It's uh, so
2: unheard of. It's, it's, like, it's hard to accept in my mind it, it, what police officers have to go through today.
1: It's, it, it is. I feel so, bad for them. It's terrible. You wonder how they. First of all, you, uh, how, do you, well, how do you go to work without, truthfully, uh, getting you worry about getting jammed up. You like you mentioned before, your pension. On the job and possibly get indicted. That's how. That's how terrible the job is today. You that's know how it is. It should not. And you
2: know, you know what ruined the job? It's these uh, cell phones with the video. It totally changed. A cop goes in to buy a slice of pizza, and there's a hundred people videotaping. Yeah, I know,
1: You I, know, I, they, I know. They, they.
2: It's where they slow down. They they take a second uh, to think. You can't think. You have to react. You have to rely on your instinct and your training. Right, and you know these cameras on you could make you hesitate it's a to happen.
1: hurt. It does, and that's that's why. You, well, there's no doubt about it that you can get hurt as a result of that. My guess is Ralph Friedman. Of
2: course, uh, I think they hold back because yep. of uh, they do hold back. You know, they don't want to be filmed the wrong way. They, and, you know, people doctored these videos absolutely
1: too. all over the place, and they can do what they want. And then you plus, know, you only get you only get the second half for the incident. You exactly. don't get exactly. You don't get the first. They'll
2: punch a cop in the face, right? And then they don't film that. And Correct. when the cop goes to
1: uh defend us take them or so, uh... take them yep
2: and then they get filmed, and then they, it looks like they're using uh, force. Right, I've already been absolutely. assaulted, or they're being an attacked, and uh, they don't show. Now,
1: of course, obviously, we're in a, in a different, a different uh, world, as we said. My guess is Ralph Frieden. and We're in a
2: different universe.
1: Uh, Ralph, your your book, you know, it's the bestselling book, it's Street Warrior. It talks about now. It talks. There's a talk about the the arrest that you made as as a patrolman, as they said, not time or police officer, or is more, a lot of it has to do with being a detective
2: pretty well split you know I mm-hmm. tried to cover everything I worked with uh, my co-writer uh, Pat Peccarelli was uh, a police officer and a sergeant and a lieutenant during the same time I was on the job right. mm. which made writing the book really good because I didn't have to trans, you know translate a lot of Correct. our lingo uh, to a civilian and he worked TPF which is a very tough unit also uh, they did away with them I think in 1982
1: or something mm. Yes, Uh,
2: they were around from 54 to 82. Very, very gung ho uh, unit uh, of all great cops, and he was in there and he worked in the ghetto areas, so he knew he had a feel and a taste for everything I did, and uh, our paths never crossed, but he he knew what was going on, and it was a pleasure working with him, and I think we wrote the book pretty quickly. It was like a six month project, well, not counting editing and. Contracts and stuff like that, but it was a pleasure working with him, and he did a great job. You know,
1: mm. you know, my one I've of my lucky,
2: I've been m- lucky my whole police career. Well, it sounds like it, but, well, more than career. luck,
1: it's more than luck. It's a lot of effort and a lot of work. You know, luck, luck is not good enough to get where you know to get where you've uh, gotten. By the way, the uh, the uh, commanding officer of the TPF, uh, Tony Volker. Have you heard of? Chief Tony Volker, yeah, yeah of course. yes, that's going to say that he's the 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 original, the first CEO of uh, TPF at that time. But at that time, you had to be six foot tall, be That's cool, right. To, to get in there, and they were like A heavy uh, collar guy, heavy collar guy, well guys, and there were gung ho. That's why they got rid of them. They were gung ho. They were doing the job. We all know that. You ain't
2: kidding. That's they why. Used to go into different for your audience to know. <laughs> CPF was assigned to like out of a locker room of a precinct. Right. Uh there happened to be two hundred stationed in the forty first precinct. Mm. And they would leave they would come to work and they'd be told to go to a certain hot spot and they would go like twenty guys on a corner. Yep. You know, and nothing went on when they got out there. I People know. would run the perpetrators would run for the hills.
3: Exactly. But this was
2: also serving the public. You gotta realize the the police served the public, and the public was getting hammered with robberies, assaults, and shootings. And we move in police like that. It's it's the, the decent people of this city want protection, and the police are willing to give it to them. The men and women in the police department, and these people, even even today, under all the attacks they're from from politicians and right. perpetrators, right. they still go out there and do their job.
1: Well, they do. That's what they do. and the people. Don't realize I mean,
2: it. decent, working, hard-working, decent people are appreciative of police.
1: Right, but, but they're but, politicians. But they're say, silent. But they're silent because they. Well, and, you know, it's you always know the greasy why.
2: wheel that makes all the noise. Yeah, and the and,
1: Yeah, and those are usually the agitators, the troublemakers, exactly. the po- the political. Uh, uh, they had their own ambitions. They were politically motivated, and they actually pretty much direct what's going on in the city. They controlled city council, they controlled the mayor, and uh, you mentioned uh, Black Panthers before. Do you know there was a couple of city councilmen that were part of the young lords in the Black Panthers? You, you know that, right? And they become city councilmen, uh, anti-cop, of course, you know? And this is what's running the city today, you know?
2: I don't know how it got to this point. I mean, it was such a slow process. But the you, pendulum swung all the way the other way. But you know, uh, you just, just said slow it's so process. So gradual and so sneaks up on you. Exactly. It exactly
1: today. It, it's like uh, it was so slow and sneaky that uh, we didn't realize it hit us until it hit us, and now we, are you know, but we can't. It seems oh, and like we're going to hit harder. Well, it's it's already there. It seems like we can't fight back, and the you know, uh, our it's, hands really are tied. The
2: stuff where they pay criminals not to commit crimes. They're on a payroll. Yep. And they get like $1,000 a month or so uh, for not committing crime. So it's basically they're getting paid not to get caught.
1: Of course. We, and
2: uh, I just read, I think a day, yes, no, two days ago I read, in New York City they're going to start, every perpetrator that gets arrested that goes through court, they're going to get a, a questionnaire, like a one-page questionnaire, mm-hmm. to evaluate the judge that arraigns them. Hmm. And if they fill it out, they get a $15 credit card for Dunkin' Donuts.
1: (laughs) And they got (laughs) mad at us when we got Dunkin' Donuts on the arm.
2: Yeah, then they'll lock <laughs> up a cop for taking a I free know. cup of coffee, you, you, and now they're giving all perpetrators yes. a fifteen dollar gift certificate. Yes,
1: you know I got a credit me. card form. Of course, okay. Quick story. I, uh, so I won't take it anything away up, from. So. I won't take anything away from you, but one of the guys that uh, assassinated Malcolm X, so uh, at the St. Teresa Hotel up in Harlem, uh, his name was Jerry Butler, similar to the uh, the great singer. No relation, no connection. Thank God. His name was Jerry Butler. Uh, he did 20 years in jail. He became an assistant deputy commissioner of a homeless program, the the homeless program of the City of New York. Now, you couldn't you couldn't get you on know, the police department if you had traffic tickets in my time, uh, or somebody in your family, oh, yeah. or
3: they
1: put you through the ring of the ring or, or there's or somebody in your family had had a sheet that was arrested. This guy spent over 20 years in jail for homicide murder. Uh and he got soon as he got out, he's got this tremendous job and he became a full commissioner of the homeless uh homes for the homeless program in the city of new York so it's you know it's almost like extortion bribery, whatever the hell we're doing uh today but I gotta talk about you you know talk about what uh what are you most proud of you made some of the different high profile arrests what what I I know I can talk about let's see the uh, savage skulls in your case the I would think the Williams Bridge rapers was a big thing with you and the bullet with your name on it what in your mind in your book uh, that you're really proud of that you look back and you and you're really you got good satisfaction what was the color of the arrest the Ralph Freeman well
2: I mean there's been a lot of them but because um, I've been involved in a lot of things but <clears throat> I'm pretty proud of uh, my first shooting. Where I had a, a a killer perpetrator right and uh, he already fired on us numerous times and he shot my partner Cal Unger, mm. five direct hits to the body and he also took a couple of ricochets uh my partner uh. and uh it was put me it was one of my first shootings and it put me uh in very um how can i say this uh, it showed my mettle, you know, I was right. really under fire and I had to perform to save my partner's life mm. and to save my own life. But, um, I did what I had to do and it's the first chapter of the book. Right. And, uh, I, I did stop this threat. Right. Cause this man definitely would have killed me and my partner. Right. And we were stopping him from beating a girl to death, mm. you know, so we interrupted it and, uh, I performed under fire, and I saved my partner's life and my own. And then after the shooting, I still had to help my partner,
1: yes, <clears throat>
2: along with a lot of other officers that responded right. immediately, and to get him to the hospital that fast, because they took him mm. by radio car. Yes. And yep. um, that's what saved his life. And we also notified other precincts uh, right away, so they closed all the streets off. It was a clear path wow. from the shooting scene to the hospital. And every officer we had highway patrol, we had the four three precinct, we had the four uh five um the four one everyone closed every intersection and it was like precision like a clockwork and with all these things, all these officers coming together and this was all done in a matter of seconds right hmm. and it it was like a fine tuned clock and we got him to the hospital right. and saved his life
1: wow now this and should... he
2: took seventy Huh? Seventy-two pints of blood in three hours. Oh, my God. Your body only holds around eight, hmm. so you can imagine while the doctors are working on him, the blood is flowing out as fast as they I can it, it
1: in. I, I know that we're very you know, fortunate.
2: So hmm. many officers responded to donate blood for support. It was. It makes you proud. You know, it was terrible. An officer got shot. I mean, right. Uh, it was devastating, but to see how everybody comes together, even other departments came, you know, and of the course. bosses. Oh, of course. Everybody, the politicians. Mayor yeah. Lindsay, flew up to see what how, how the officer was and to interview me before I did a, right. a newscast. He landed his helicopter on Pelham Parkway in the Bronx hmm. to come up. And you know what? I, I'm always leery of politicians, but he was sincere. You know, I really felt he was sincere. Okay. And this, I, I spell this out in my book, Street Warrior. Mm. And I think, uh, me and Pat did a, Pat Piccarelli did a great job on describing it, uh, to a T. Cause we had the paperwork and we went over everything and it was very vivid in my mind mm. also. And we also spoke to other officers at the scene to get information. And it's also profiled on the, um, the show. Street right. Justice, the Bronx. It was right. one of the episodes that aired on Discovery, but now we're premiering this coming Thursday. So it's going to be Street Justice, the Bronx on Investigation ID,
3: uh-huh. and it's
2: premiering on November 30th at 10 p.m.
1: Let's talk uh, about that's that. It's going to be like
2: about the fourth fourth episode. Okay, November show
1: November 30th, 4 p.m. and they could find it on
2: uh, 10 p.m.
1: 10 p.m. Sorry, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. 10 p.m.
2: On on, uh, investigation. Discovery or Investigation ID.
1: So that's on the Discovery channel, right?
2: Well, there's a Discovery channel and there's right. an Investigation Discovery.
1: Okay. I like
2: to say ID channel Pretty so people good. don't confuse it.
1: Hmm. And this is your fourth, fourth series? That you That'll don't?
2: be the fourth episode Fourth in the episode,
1: series. I should say, in the series. Correct. Yeah. Now, you're having meetings with... Uh, I'm going to open the phones after that. Five minutes. 631-888-8811. 631- 888- 8811. Uh, if any, uh, guys on the job retired or whatever want to call in. But you know what happens sometimes, Ralph? You're so interested. People don't want to call in. They want to hear you. And that's what happens. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I got to ask you this. Of course, obviously, one of the questions when you're an active or highly decorated cop, people ask you, uh, have you killed anyone? And actually you did. Have you shot anybody else during your career?
2: Well, I shot eight perpetrators. I had to shoot two dogs. And I killed four perpetrators oh, of the eight that I shot. But it's a very, very, very small percentage amount compared to the amount of work that we've, uh, me and my partners have done. Yes. You know, you got to realize we were in a ghetto precinct. Uh, there's a lot of crime, a lot of violent street crime. And we're talking mm-hmm. about violent felons. And they were like great cops up there. They were cops that they were putting their lives on the line like every hour.
1: It was a tough time. The 70s. Well, it less
2: than every hour.
1: You know, if you know, and Ralph, during, during the, the 70s, it was an average of two police officers a year being, uh, I'm going to say assassinated, because actually they were,
2: you know. Well, that was the year I worked 15 police officers were killed.
1: Well, probably 15. Well, and, and uh, I'm talking about the 10 years, but in all the 70s, yeah, there were there were 15. You can count the well, couple. Well, you of, had
2: the Black Panthers out there. Yeah, the they were out
1: responsible.
2: There. You know, so there they, were people out there. Specifically hunting for police.
1: Yeah, we know that. And
2: uh, you
1: know, I got to get back to because I got criticized for getting the Medal of Honor from John Lindsay because he was a part of a circle of six where the, the author was on my show. And they we're talking about the mosque with Cardillo. But they didn't realize yeah, that was a terrible and, case. And they're, and they're, of course, one of the people that they were targeting that were anti was made John Lindsay, but I was uh, this, uh, when when was brought to my attention, I said, wait a minute, when I was fortunate enough like you, I got the Medal of Honor at City Hall, this was a year and a half before the Musk case so they just assumed that I should not have accepted that from him as a result of him and the five others, which we'll talk about another time because we got to talk about, you yeah, we're going to take a break now, hang in there, right. off. Well, can only 61
2: about. Mayor Lindsey's uh one I, incident I understand with me, I usually don't trust politicians exactly
1: myself. I, know, I, know, and again, I I didn't
2: receive the Medal of Honor I had I received the combat cross I know for a different situation
1: <laughs> you always in uh, com- you always in combat we're gonna come right back hang in there uh, Ralph Friedman come right back
0: this is WGbb am 1240 and w240 dffm 95.9 Freeport New York. You can be a hero by being prepared for an emergency. First, make a plan. Call a family meeting to plan for things like how to connect with loved ones after an emergency or your escape route. (laughs) I am not fast. Build a kit. When disaster strikes, it's important to have enough supplies to last three days. And don't forget the batteries. Low batteries. Visit ready.gov slash kids for more preparedness tips. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
3: Or, better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe
1: me, you'll live.
0: Learn more at org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
1: Okay, I'm back. I'm back with the highest decorated and legendary uh, detective at New York City Police Department history. He's on Discovery Channel, and there's another name for You know, I believe it, and I slipped my mind, I think he said. We'll get, we'll get into that in a second. And... Uh, his book is Street Warrior. And, uh, he's got an upcoming movie. His, uh, TV series is not three the fourth, I think he said. Don't mind me. Uh, Street Justice. Uh, uh, let's see. You got, you know, some people asking me, you know, about your tattoos.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I got a few.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so you got one of the few, but each one uh, there's a meaning for pretty much for all of them. Am I correct? Each tattoo uh, is sort of a memory or it well, connects. Yeah,
2: a lot of them uh, have stories that uh, stories. from my life, from my life, mm-hmm. and actually the uh, Investigation Discovery Channel
1: Investigation. made an
2: interactive tattoo map of my body. Yeah, I know. If anyone's on Facebook, they can go on to the Street Justice page.
1: Oh, the Street and Justice Age. There's
2: a picture, and you could uh, tap on the picture, and red dots will appear.
3: Hmm. And you
2: could press any red dot, and it'll bring my tattoo out and give an explanation of it.
1: Yeah. Ralph, don't you know a Jewish boys are not supposed to have tattoos? I've heard. That. <laughs> I, I know. I guess
3: I didn't hear it too good, but I didn't like to I, did hear.
1: It. I, I know. Nobody heard that too in uh, in, uh, my, in my my uh, neighborhood. I, gotta, I grew up on the street, you well, know. Yeah, and, of course.
2: And you know, be- believe it or not, the tattoos definitely helped me in my police work.
1: Oh, I, I know. Because I, I made
2: a lot of off duty arrests, over a hundred off duty yeah, arrests. Let's we'll talk
1: about that. But we got a caller, uh, Tim from sure. Beth. Tim from Beth Page. Uh, question or statement uh, for Ralph Friedman? Go ahead, Timmy.
4: Yes, I do. Did. i doing, Detective uh, Lieutenant. Great,
1: great yes. guest. Great Thank guest. you. Thank you.
4: Okay, and Ralph, um, we're honored to have you on. Uh, mm. And I'm close with your brother, Stu. Uh, I have him on email. Yeah, my brother, and, uh, Stu, is uh, a highly decorated officer, also. Right, I have him on email almost every night. And mm. uh, again, it's an honor to have you on the radio. And Lou, a tremendous guest. Thank you and, very much. Um, and, of course, I had that radio that station on all the time, and I'm waiting to see it on Thursday night. And um, wow. I do want to say one thing to Lou real quick. Um uh, yeah. mentioned about uh, Lindsay. That was 1971, so I apologize to you. That was me that you mentioned.
3: Oh, me. that was you that yelled at me. Oh, uh, okay.
4: Yes, me. <laughs> and of course, as you know, Cadillo Case. In '72, that's when uh yeah. Mayor Lindsay,
1: because he wanted to become president. Uh, uh, yeah, you know? yes, oh, okay. I was wondering. And I, and I, and I, he, I said, "How to be a cop?" They yelled at me. You know? That
4: was me. <laughs> Shumato, yes. Again, Ralph, Ralph, it's an honor to have you on. Uh, looking forward to your show. And I'm going to get Thank your you book. Thank you very book out much, well.
1: Timmy, get his book also, Timmy. I okay. will. I
4: just said, I definitely will. Thanks for calling, Timmy. Very good. Take uh, care.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, good call. Hey, listen, the guy is fessed up. You know, I got you know, I got all these different calls and stuff. <laughs> so uh, I know. Hey, listen, the cop business. No matter what, you, you know, no matter what you do, you're wrong. You're right. It's just uh, it's a it's such a, a tough business. Now again, let's talk about the tattoos. Now you got again, they could you got tattoos all over the place, and uh, and what I I, I know there's there's a weird looking tattoo, but you got several of them they signify certain things so you can you just touch on a couple of them
2: well uh, <laughs> let's see I got on my on my hands I have uh justified four times on my trigger finger,
3: mm. and I guess
2: that explains um the four lives I had to take in the line of duty uh. and you know even as a police officer you're uh, you know it's like a homicide case and you have to go before numerous bodies of law enforcement to explain what you did, and you also have to go before a grand jury yes. to justify your actions and make sure that the grand jury feels that your actions were justified. So I was technically charged with homicide, and it was justifiable. Right. And civilians get that also.
1: Yes.
3: I
2: mean, if someone's uh, committing a serious crime against you and you have to kill somebody or take a life to stop that threat, or to uh, serve a life, then you're justified in doing it. Mm. So on my finger, uh, it says justified four times. Wow. I also have uh, on my ring finger on my right hand, it says Fort Apache, mm. 70 to 75, <laughs> signifies the years that I served at Fort Apache, wow. which uh, I'm always proud of. I'm very proud of being part of the New York City Police Department, and especially proud of the years I served at the four One. Right. Because that's mm-hmm. where I broke in or cut my teeth at. And it was uh, working with the guys in the 4-1. Uh, I can't even uh, yeah. say how tight-knit it is. And we're still friendly today with a lot of officers. Uh, i still friends with my partner, Lester Rudnick, Bobby DeMattis.
1: Oh, great. Uh, Bobby them.
2: DeMartini, another great officer mm-hmm. that was down there, uh, wow. who became boss in that precinct, Tommy Walker. Wow, great. I just got off the phone with him uh, right before this uh, interview. I mean... It, it, it the just, people that we worked there in these times, we were all young back then, full of life,
3: and yes. you
2: know, we were all full of life and ready to do our jobs. And there were people out there that were ready to take our life. You
1: know, when we when you talk about we talk about the job, this is what we miss. We miss that camaraderie which they don't have today. You know,
2: the camar that's the, the word I was looking for. That camaraderie. That
1: camaraderie is, was the
2: five unbelievable. Years of the four one precincts from seventy to seventy five were the best years of my life.
1: Yes. Wow. Definitely
2: the most dangerous, but they were the best.
1: Yeah, of course. And uh, but you know, something we are going to clue my. We're fortunate enough to have worked with guys like that and gals too. I got Johanna on the line. Johanna, uh, where are you from, Johanna?
5: Yes, I'm Roslyn.
1: Roslyn, okay. Question for Ralph hi, Friedman. Yes,
5: hi dear. Um, thank you for all your good work. And uh, I just you. want to tell you that uh, the channel is Investigation ID. It's a great channel, and they all have, have two stories and two cases. Yep. And I want to ask you uh, with all the cases or the arrests that you've made how many have been uh, animal cruelty cases
2: hmm. How many what animal, How many animal, animal cruelty, cruelty cases have been? Did oh, you I've s- made quite a few because I'm a hmm. dog lover myself Oh great And I've went to a few a few jobs where I was interviewing people victims and one stands out in my mind there was this big tough guy in the neighborhood and uh, me and my partner had to go looking for him Uh, my partner Roger Cortez Mm. and when we were interviewing the girl in the apartment I heard a little noise or something I I didn't know exactly what it was and then we found a dog whimpering under the bed Uh. and when we got the dog out this big tough guy besides beating up his girlfriend giving her two black eyes cutting her lips and everything Mm -hmm. he beat up this little puppy the puppy was near death (sighs) you know and I took him to the vet we made sure he got to the vet and I went looking for this guy, you know, not only for the girl,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but for what he did to that puppy. I R- like Ralph, that Ralph, let me see, Ralph. I,
1: I hope, I hope he's on one of your fingers. What's just,
5: that? I
1: hope this guy's on one of your fingers.
2: No, he
5: didn't quite. That, okay, but,
1: all right.
2: But he was probably uh, hoping mm-hmm. for
5: that. Yep. Um, you know, because, because we're trying to get harder, harsher t- uh, sentences. You know, some of the judges don't, don't give; they just give them a slap on the wrist and let them go. You know.
2: It's sad, but today they do. You know, back then... It was taken, everything was taken more seriously, and people cared about victims' rights. That's right. Today, they only care about perpetrators' rights.
3: Right. Yes.
5: And also, what I want to express is that Mayor de Blasio, as well as Obama, they have done more damage for the NYPD than anybody, you know. Without it's, a doubt, it's I not totally a agree with you. thing that happened, you know, and uh, I want to ask you, uh, since they turned the back of their backs on the mayor, has, in your opinion, has the uh, anything uh, been, become better in their attitude towards the mayor or... Nice well, basis. when they
2: did that, the police department feels more unity, you know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. It
2: was good to mm-hmm. see the officers act in unity. Yes. You know, they have a common goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was good to see. I, I, I liked it. You know, to me, yes. it was a real show of unity for the police department to do that, even though it's disrespectful, but in a good way for the police. You know, they had a show. What's going on? Yes. This mayor is against them.
5: Yes. And have you done any... It was really
2: good that the police stood up. Yes,
5: exactly. Have you done any speaking engagements, you know, like in inner cities or to try to teach the young people? No, not
2: really. I've -hmm. been doing interviews that my publicist set up from... uh,
5: And the other thing I want to tell you uh, is that... The publicist set it up. Mm. Um, Every Um, Friday and Saturday night is called Live PD. Have you watched it?
2: No, I yes. do some odd jobs they, on the weekends. They weekend. take
5: you to all different states. It's live, PD. Um, well, you I know, I think I've
2: heard of that. I think I've heard of that lately. He'll He's be on gonna...
5: there, Johanna. I'm sure he'll be on there. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, he should, really. Yes. But um, And the last thing I want to ask you... Um, I heard uh, Warner Wolf being interviewed, um, and he was talking about Roger Goodell, how awful it is with these football players kneeling, mm. and the last one was Sunday at the um, Giant Games. Yeah. So, what do you think about that?
2: Mm. I think it's disgusting oh. with them kneeling. They're disrespecting our flag, our country, and all the military that served. I think it's disgusting. and uh, These are all cry ba- millionaire crybabies, ba- yes. and they're telling us about they're oppressed. Yes. And who protects them. The, their right to do that. Their right to do that is protected by the police. Yes. And the military.
5: Yes. Yeah, and a lot of
2: people gave their lives and blood so mm-hmm. they could do that. But yeah. it's disgusting. I would never watch a football game. I never watched it before, but I certainly won't watch now. You know,
1: the Giants, they got on their knees, they were on their knees.
2: It is absolutely disgusting. Yep. And I don't think much of them. And one of the things that make me really mad it is absolutely disgusting yep. And I don't think much of them And one of the things that make me really mad Is when people call sports figures heroes They're not heroes They're great athletes I'll give them that But heroes are police, fire, and military
1: Right. right. And when
2: they give them a parade Down the uh, Heroes, the canyon Heroes, of heroes away. in Manhattan, heroes
1: away. Yeah, Manhattan It's disgusting
2: yeah. They have parades for police and fire EMS, and, uh, uh, and, uh, military People absolutely. that save and protect lives
5: well, thank you, guys you so kick much. around
2: a little football and tight pants.
3: Yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> okay. Thank you so Disgusting. much for your good work, and I want to tell you that my very dear friend um, has an association, a foundation called the Wild Dog Foundation. Um, you can, I can give Lou the number another time, but he takes care of coyotes, wolves, and foxes. Mm. So if you ever have a problem up there where you live, you can uh, we can give you his number. Oh, okay. I'll get
1: it to him. If you, I'll get the number for you down the road, okay, I'm sure I will. Okay. Thank, uh, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you for your Bye. call, uh, okay, Johanna. Bye. Oh wow, good question. I'm surprised she uh, she uh, inquired a lot of bases. She, yeah, in, in regard to the. Uh, To just getting on their knees, you know, they should get on their knees and thank God, you know.
2: Yeah, that's what they should be doing.
1: Yeah, they're just uh,
2: not doing the anthem.
1: Ah, okay. No, so actually, so we're getting a little political. So let's touch on that political stuff for a moment. Because I got to talk about you. I got to get more. The audience know they pick up your book and watch your show. They'll know more about you than they they probably do. Your thoughts on when you get political? Black Lives Matter.
2: Well, Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's a terrorist group. Okay. And, uh, they advocate killing of police officers. They're disruptive. They're, uh, uh you know, I think they're racist. I think yes. they're, uh, violent. Uh, absolutely no good, you know? No. And they shouldn't cater to them either. You know, it's another one of these, uh, small groups with a loud voice,
3: yes. you know? Yes. Yep.
2: And they start rumors, uh, you know, stuff like that. Hands up, don't shoot stuff, all phony. Yep. Um, just everything. It's a violent, uh, anti-American group,
1: you know. Yes, sir. And I hear these
2: stories about, and people are saying, you know, all lives matter, black lives matter, blue lives matter. Listen, not all lives matter. Not all lives matter. And you could quote me on that. Mm. People, the police, their lives matter. Civilians, their lives matter. But criminals, getting back to what that Joanna called about, yes. people that beat up puppies.
1: Great. Yep.
2: Listen, I've been a cop on the street and there's a lot of, any cop will tell you who's been working the streets. We've seen babies, I'm talking under a year old, that get raped, they get the cigarette, but I've handled cases, numerous cases where babies were burnt over 25 times with yep. a cigarette, infants in a crib, and you're gonna tell me that the person who did that, their lives matter? They matter less to me than a
1: cockroach. Oh, boy. You know, Let me I got, absolutely, and I agree with you. I got, and the, they go out
2: and you get the a group of 20 right. year old guys, and they rape an 85 year old grandmother or great grandmother, or they rape a young girl.
1: Bring back the death penalty. Right. Bring back, back the death matter. penalty. Ralph. Not matter. Ralph, we got to bring back the death penalty. Anyway, I got Joe calling from Florida. Joe, I think I know who you are. I'm almost sure I know who you are. Joe, yes, a question for Ralph Friedman.
6: Yeah, Ralph, listen, I want to congratulate you, uh, you know, gra- congratulations to you on your TV series, your upcoming Thank movie, you. mm. and for being and for being the warrior that you are. <laughs> I really appreciate, uh, you know, a lot of us. Thank really you very much.
2: It. I I appreciate your support. Uh,
1: Joe, are you are you uh, cop does. Yep. Joe, Joe, is this Every I got Joe can does, I mention me. uh, can I mention your last name because I think I, obviously I know who you are. Joe, this is Joe Sanchez?
6: This is Joe Sanchez. Yeah,
0: yeah. I,
1: I, I just, yep.
6: Yeah, yep. I wrote four books: Latin Blues, True Blue, A Tale of the Ingot Within. Very good. And uh, yeah. And um, uh, I know about tattoos because I'm a combat wounded veteran from Vietnam, and my mm. tattoos are thank on my for upper. Your shoulder, um, thank you service. thank you. My upper shoulders. So I know what it is to uh, yeah, when you oh, put oh, on God. a tattoo, it's supposed to represent something. But you are a warrior. Continue what you're doing. I respect you. And thank uh, you very much, Joe. Many of us do. So you just keep doing what you're doing. Yes. And, and yes. And one more last thing we live in a uh, right now. This is bizarro
2: world. Everything seems to be backwards. Kid.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Like that old Steinfeld. Uh, you said the bizarro yes. world, upside down and backwards. Remember that episode <laughs> of <on the laughs> <Yeah. show? Good. laughs> Yes, yes, yeah.
6: That, that was the old. That was the old Superman comic. Sorry, uh, good. Uh, yes, bizarro world. But listen again. I just want to say thank you for your service. For everything you've thank done. Thank you for your service. And l- l- Thank you, and uh, God bless you. I mean, you're a you're what they call a, yes. a, a, a good mesh, good mesh, mm.
1: good,
6: good Jewish boy, good Jewish.
1: Nice mensch, mensch. He's, he's, he's a mensch. He's a mensch. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes okay, Lou, thank, thank you, you very much. The, okay. oh, thanks okay,
6: thank you for giving me the time Lou. i appreciate it oh thank no joe
1: bless. i just want to touch on that that's joe sanchez he's retired at nypd he was in state yeah, correction
2: yeah very good
1: so you know him yeah he's a I, I tell you he calls he calls a lot and one of my great listeners i got i got so many guys listening to you tonight i just want you to know a lot of retired guys in florida like joe uh my organization so you got to Big listening and group, and Johanna called, in. she's uh, an animal lover. And uh, you know, I get you. Know, when you get steady callers when they, if they like the topic, right? right. She surprised me by calling because this is a police topic. But oh, you, I had
2: something else I could have yes. told her too. I'm a real animal she, lover myself. I know you said one it. One time I had to shoot a shooter, Doberman Pinscher that was I attacking even, me.
1: I know you said it before. That's what sort of. Uh, but I had to
2: shoot him. But right after I shot him, and we locked up the perpetrator, right. I had my partner drive the perpetrator into the precinct. I took the dog. I approached him, um, and uh you know I didn't know if he was still going to attack me. But I, I figured I had a rapport with dogs. Right. And I spoke to his dog, and I got him to get into my car, and I rushed him down to the animal hospital. Oh, great! On, I shot him in the paw, not the body. Oh, uh, is, I didn't not that I was aiming for a paw, but that's where I hit him. Oh, And right. I took him down to the hospital on 61st and the East River Drive. And got him treated. That's the ASPCA,
1: I think. I, I hope Johanna, I hope is listening, Johanna's listening to that. Because
2: it's 24-hour-a-day uh, emergency center for animals, and I took the dog there.
1: Ralph Friedman. I felt
2: bad, because I owned the Shepherd at the time. Okay. And, you I, know, I was really into dogs.
1: Oh, boy, oh, boy. I got, the, I'm telling you again, I got the Bob from Levittown, Levittown, Long Island. Well, there's a Levitown in Pennsylvania is also. Uh, Bob, a uh, question statement for Ralph Friedman?
0: First, I have to say it's a fantastic show. And Ralph Friedman, you are one of the heroes of NYPD and America, with over 2,000 arrests, huh. which is just a incredible number. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I couldn't even count that high. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, 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 Ralph, if you well, let me just say, say one stopping, thing
2: to that, though, I couldn't have done all. I couldn't have done what yes. I did without the great partners that I had along Long the way. Absolutely. And I was really blessed to have not only were they partners, but they were great, very close friends. You know, it, no I had doubt Lester Rudnick it. and Timmy Rudn- Timmy mm. Kennedy and um, Roger Cortez. These were people that took the majority of my time on the job, and they were my partners. And believe me, I, and the backup officers, every officer that responds that backs me up. You know, you can't go out there and face this on your own. But I, I was blessed with the greatest partners.
1: Wow. Uh,
0: well, there's no doubt. I mean, and, and at least you give credit to other people. There are some people out there that try to act like they did everything on their own. But you're what well, you uh, can't do Jose it on your Sanchez own. was trying you know, to say, Joe Sanchez, that you are a mensch, a super mensch. Yes. Uh, n- now, uh, Ralph, you did over 2,000 arrests. Now, if you had stop and frisk like today, you're not allowed to use it. What do you think would have happened back in the day when you were working, if you weren't allowed, if you had the same rules like you have today? wearing a name tag, maybe you did have a name tag near the end, uh, and giving out a business card, and you have to give me your cell number and this whole thing. How do you think it would have been back in the day? Uh,
2: well, or mm. well, like me trying to police today, Isn't I'd it, last yeah. about 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe. Maybe. Very good. Right. Maybe.
0: Yeah. In other words, everything has changed. It's just a yeah. flip flop, and, the, and they tied the cops' hands, and that's the it. no,
2: same. What they called good police work back then, it was like a sixth sense. It was a hunch.
3: Yeah.
2: I, I've seen officers. There are officers out there that could tell there's a gun from a block away. Absolutely. You know that someone's. But today they would call that. They would tell you you're violating their civil rights. Yep. And that yep. stuff not only hurts the police, that hurts the public. Yep. You know the way it's getting. We're empowering criminals to carry guns again because they're not going to get searched. They used to hide them, keep them home. They couldn't get to them right away. Yep. And when you're in the heat of a, you know, they're in an argument or something. Now they're just going to pull out a gun and shoot someone. Mm. Well, you, you know, we're empowering them to, them to carry guns again.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, you discourage them. That's what the great thing was. And my that's opinion what the police is. have to do. Somewhere down the line, Ralph Friedman should think about running some type of public office. Oh, good. And I want to thank you for everything you're doing. Good luck with your movies and everything else that you're doing.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate
1: it. Thank you. Thank you're you. Welcome. Very good. Uh, okay. Now, uh, got to get, we talked about, uh, and they were to be a 2000 arrest, but you got a lot of awards, civilian awards as well, a lot of acknowledgements, a lot of medals, of course. Uh, there's, uh, I, I think, two, the figure I, I saw was 219. Uh, different awards and, and truly. So I got
2: 219 awards from the awards. police department. Yes, and then I got close to 40 outside
1: civilians from the uh, yeah politicians and community groups. From uh, community, community groups, groups and yeah. organizations. Yes, so you recognize you know. highly, highly uh, recognized. So, well, okay, now the.
2: Well, listen, you know, it's like any job. Mm-hmm. You know, you like to be appreciated, and in the police department, they don't give you bonuses or raises unless you get promoted. But, you know, you get these medals or awards, and, you know, it's like an attaboy. In any in any profession, you like to be recognized for good work, you know? You know, don't, they have it in every profession. Don't you recall, some or another. The, Ralph and, Friedman,
1: don't you recall how you were so proud to get your first EPD and to wear it? Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I remember I was proud of every step I took. Of course. You know, like to put on the gray uniform. Of course. The I, every step. Uniform, Very good. shield.
1: Good point. Good point. Every step of every step of the way, and the advantage you had that you started as a cadet, so you had an insight. It was the
2: greatest job in the world.
1: Yeah, it was. Like you said, was of course it's past tense. You know, it's it's very sad right now when when people go to NYPD, they're thinking they they are temporarily. I'm going to go to Nassau. I'm going to go to Suffolk. I'm going to go to Connecticut. I'm going to go to New Jersey State Police. Uh, you know, they're going to go but sell you know what the sad thing authority anywhere else. Yes. The real
2: sad thing is that the men and women of the police department, NYPD and I'm sure the other departments, they want to do the job. They're willing to do the job. They're capable of doing the job. And they're being held back. Mm.
1: Wow. And, you know... I got. I got interrupted. should be so
2: thankful that mm-hmm. there are men and women that want to do it.
1: Okay, I got. If I got. A, I got a call, and I from your neck of the woods. It looks like it's Bruce from Connecticut. Bruce for Ralph Friedman. Yes. yes.
6: That's right. Well, I wanted to ask a question about uh, being a police officer back in the '70s in the Bronx, as compared to today, with uh, everybody videotaping everything uh, that happens, like. I mean even a even if a police officer pulls over a car, they're videotaping. How does a how does Ralph feel about mm. what goes through the mind of a police officer when they're being videotaped? I mean, that has to interfere with his job.
1: Yes. Oh.
2: Well, it's like micromanaging and you feel like the boss is staring at you and you know, officers might hesitate. They might uh react differently and any hesitation you know, car stops are uh something we drive by a thousand times. You know, you you see police officers on the side of the road, you don't think anything of it. But when you're pulling over a car, it's the unknown. It's a very, very dangerous situation. And the officer has to be on point because they could have just robbed some store, they could have just killed somebody, they could be wanted. You're going, It's a, and then we look at it as such a routine thing, but it's a very dangerous thing that officers do all the time. And,
6: um, right, because you don't know. They you don't know be what's going on. Alert
2: yeah. every second. There's ways of approaching the car. If you're working by yourself, there's ways of approaching. If you're working with a partner, uh, ways. There's a lot of tactics involved, and it's a dangerous situation.
1: Well, like Bruce, like being like,
2: uh, uh, being watched by cameras can make a cop act a little different, or you know, be aware of this. It could be annoying. It Ralph, be or
1: not, or not act at all. You know, right. you
2: know,
6: it's it's right. a terrible thing. You know, makes it a lot tougher these days. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. Not, absolutely. No, it's a tough it's a tough yeah. job. You know, we we it's a have... very
2: tough job, and we should all be thankful that there's officers, men and women that want to do it.
1: Exactly. You know, I can't stress that enough. Yes, And absolutely. be thankful well, that they are
2: doing it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, before I
6: go, listen, thank you so much. I have your book.
3: Oh, it's great!
6: Awesome. Mm. The book's great, and I can't wait for uh, the TV show to come back on Friday. Oh. I, I love it.
1: Okay, Listen, okay. thank you
6: so much for your service,
1: Ralph. Thanks. Oh, thanks, thanks for calling. Good caller. Uh, okay, we got three minutes. Three minutes left. You know, you got to come here in person so people could take a look at you, uh, Ralph. You know, <laughs> so you got to sit in the audience because people are. Uh, I'm getting text messages now. Oh, you're in an empty studio, but I got to reassure them. You know. When you're not doing what you're doing now, you you come here so people can uh,
3: definitely.
2: You know. I, we'll definitely make a plan.
1: Yeah, because I got guys surrounding uh, in you, you know the website in Florida, and they they question me, question mark. Well, uh, Ralph is out of town calling in, so <laughs> But I reassure you, he'll be I'll definitely
2: come in sometime. It'll, I'm it'll, enjoying the show a lot. It'll, it'll you're, be a good, you're a great host, and you got some good call-ins. Yeah, yeah. but I'm so pretty to look at,
1: but I'll come in. Hey, listen, you're a tough looking guy, tough looking cop, and you looks like you still work out. So, uh, you know, pilot, You know, and it's, uh, and you do, you do try. Okay. How, quickly, in the last couple of minutes, how'd you get caught up? I know I have my answers how my, me and my late partner got caught up, and how'd you get caught up into this entertainment, media, TV, movie, uh, business? Well, uh,
2: to make a long story short, uh, Facebook, you know, brings a lot of people together, and uh, a guy that I didn't never met, but he's a friend of mine on Facebook, and he's a retired police officer, who was friends with uh, the writer, hmm. and he hooked us up together. I still haven't met the writer, Pat Piccarelli. He lives really far away, and we did everything by uh, email and telephone, wow. um, and we still haven't met, but... Um, I got hooked up that way for the book, and then there were some articles written in the newspaper. And this uh, girl was reading about me in the paper, and she was a producer, and she thought it would be a great project. And she herself took it to the, her bosses, wow. and they agreed with her. And this is like her project, and uh, uh, this was with Jupiter Entertainment. Mm. And her name is Brianna Shabel, and mm-hmm. she was great. She's absolutely great. She. Uh, you know, they let her run with it. They brought in, you know, her her, her partner, Eric uh, Strum, who's, uh, I think, a supervisor there, and they did the project. And then we were able to give it to, uh, we marketed it to uh, the Discovery Channel, and now ID took it over.
1: Wow. Obviously... So, so she just
2: did it. She just got it from reading about me in the paper and brought it to her superiors about it.
1: Well, listen, it's... Uh... Obviously, they they uh, knew and know what they're doing. You know, they picked a picked a uh, a good a good choice. Now, Ralph Freeman, I wish you all the luck in the world. Where I, a minute left, uh, where do you want to go from here? And one minute left on the show. What's what's your plan? Well,
2: my my big plan now is I'm I'm hoping that I get a big viewership that I could get a a second season. Right. You know, that's uh-huh. the goal right now. But the season is just starting. Uh, November 30th, next Thursday, right. 10 p.m. on Investigation ID. And I'm hoping it leads to a second season. That's the. The Big Thing Now, and oh, hopefully a second book?
1: Let me know. I'll be glad to plug it. Thank you for being my guest, Ralph Friedman. Thank, you, thank you
2: for having me, Lou. Uh, no,
1: it was, it was my pleasure. It's, 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 oh, it was it's, my pleasure. Talk thank about, you very much. Talk about camaraderie. I feel it by speaking with you. This is uh, Lou Talano. I'm, I hope you like the show because a lot of people they are still calling in. Uh, Ralph will talk soon. This is uh, uh, Lou Talano, and thanks for listening to and no? I'll catch you later.